Welcome to The Children's Table, a podcast dedicated to the idea that young people have always been participants in history, in literature, in art, and in politics. As three professors who have spent our careers studying the history and culture of childhood, we want to share the questions we have about how adults have imagined what childhood means and how those ideas have shaped the lives of children, for better and for worse. Along the way, we will share the stories of some brilliant, brave, and groundbreaking young people we've gotten to know. I'm Victoria. I'm Anna Mae. I'm Kate. And let's head to the children's table. Welcome back to the children's table. This March, at the invitation of past guest, brilliant friend, and dazzling scholar, Beth Marshall, the pod squad traveled to Simon Fraser University in Vancouver for a podcast and pedagogies workshop. We listened, we learned, we marveled at the beauty of British Columbia, and we learned some more. In the next few episodes, we're going to introduce you to some of the amazing professors, podcasts, and scholars we met there. Yes, so we are going to give you a little taste of what's to come, a little overview of the folks we spoke with. So first person I'd like to introduce is Professor Robin Ilton-Gee of Simon Fraser University. She was fantastic, and she researches children's social and moral development. And this is really cool. She talks about the way podcasting in the K-12 classroom can help young people think through how knowledge is constructed and become more invested in thinking critically about the world and about their own authority as creators of content. And um, it was just fantastic. And she also co-authored a really cool book, Moral Education for Social Justice. And this book would be very helpful to any educator, I think, anyway, um, because it considers building digital environments and classroom environments that promote moral wellness, social justice, critical digital literacies. It's fantastic. And our conversation was really terrific. Yeah, we also had a conversation with Dr. Yumiko Murai, uh, which I was I really enjoyed this conversation. She does incredible work with both digital learning and student making, um, students sort of participating in all sorts of projects. And really, our conversation was about how learning is facilitated through play. She works with children primarily, but as we spoke and as we were sort of thinking about our own work as scholars and the work that podcasting can do and the work that storytelling can do, we really wound up talking about how play is important for really everyone. And when we're thinking about play, we, we, we sort of defined it as this combination of of fun, certainly, but also like uncertainty and experimentation and trying different things and it being okay if it doesn't work out the first time, right? Because that's kind of what play is. Like there's no end goal of perfection. Like it's the act of playing. It's the journey that makes it fun, which was um, both really fascinating to hear about how effective that is in the classroom and how it, it really empowers students. But I also think, you know, for all of us adults, it was a really helpful reminder that um, we need to incorporate play in, in the stuff we do, which is, I think, for all of us, we sort of realized that's kind of one of the reasons we do this podcast ourselves, because we're certainly not achieving perfection, but we're having fun. I don't know. I think we're pretty perfect. Actually, no, we're not. We're not perfect at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, okay. I was being modest. We Definitely not Just me. you, Victoria. Um, Just you. We also had the opportunity to talk to Hannah McGregor, who is 
amazing. She is an associate professor of publishing at Simon Fraser University, and she focuses on publishing and social change. Uh, She's probably best known as a sort of podcast guru goddess. You're probably familiar with her stellar podcasts, such as uh, Secret Feminist Agenda and Witch Please. She also recently had a book come out, uh, A Sentimental Education. It explores feminist meaning-making through a series of essays that are part uh, memoir, part theory. They're thinking about questions of care in really interesting ways and include some conversation about podcasts. So we talked a lot with Hannah about podcasting as a medium for storytelling, as a medium for community building. We learned a lot from her. Uh, and it was, I think, particularly great to think about how important friendship can be to the sort of scholarship that we produce uh, and the sort of conversations mm. that we can have. So obviously, the three of us are really invested in thinking about the relationship between scholarship and podcasting and friendship. So that was a really excellent conversation that we're looking forward to sharing with you. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, and Dr. Amber Moore was our last conversation during our visit to Vancouver. She's so amazing. She is a Banting postdoctoral fellow at Simon Fraser University, and she researches young adult literature and sexual violence. And this research and, and working with young people in the classroom has led her, perhaps unexpectedly, to think about fan fiction and young people's uh, creative agency around responding to depictions of sexual violence. So she asked and discussed really, really important questions about the place of traumatic content, um, including these depictions of sexual assault, to the high school classroom. These are, I think, vital topics to engage. And so I think you will really appreciate her insights um, in our, our discussion. I know we did. And she talks specifically in her research and in our discussion about the way young people's creative responses can create imaginative affinities and solidarities, as well as forms of resistance to violence. So she was spectacular. All of our other folks that we spoke with really offered um, distinctive perspectives on the role of podcasting and engaging communities. It was it was a terrific visit. It really was. I know we're still pining for the mountains of British Columbia. <laughs> Connecticut is pretty, but oh my gosh, Vancouver is just stunning. And so I just, one of the things I found so exciting about the trip, besides getting to hang out with you both and looking at incredible landscapes, but the conversations it allowed us to have, even though we really talked to a bunch of different people who are doing different things, um, people in the education department, people in communications department, you know, very sort of people who were thinking about adults, people who were thinking about children, people who were thinking about work, people who were thinking about play. Um, I did find really interesting through lines. Um, so I just wanted to sort of talk a bit about like what the takeaways were. Um, and we'll be really interested to hear from you listeners about like what takeaways you have after listening to this series. Cause I, I do think there were really some interesting ones. I was just, I was, so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about even as there were these really different perspectives, we had these intersections and point of overlap between young people and their agency and their creativity and the medium of podcasting and the way that we might think about this medium, not just as necessarily a teaching tool, but as a way of really allowing different kinds of creative expression, um, moral development and innovation. But also like one of the through lines I found was unexpectedly joy. 
we had a small conference before we did these interviews and there was just like a lot of laughter in the room. It felt sort of playful and open. And that's not always the case, especially like when you go to a new place and you don't, you don't know everyone, but it, it, there was a real sense of community from the educational experts who insisted that play was vital to learning to Hannah McGregor's clear delight in the work of podcasting. She's clearly having fun. It was quite infectious thinking about tough subjects in, in sort of feminism, uh, but also Harry Potter and sort of how those two things clash and, uh, and, and overlap and sometimes don't, but like both sort of the real pleasure in sort of thinking through these topics with colleagues and friends. As I mentioned, Yumiko Murai's investment in how young people really find their way through art and storytelling. It was a really powerful reminder of how important joy, pleasure, passion is in thinking about new ways to make the world better for young people, but also for ourselves. We're recording this at the end of the <laughs> semester. So I think <laughs> sometimes joy is a little elusive. Um, and this was a great reminder. Like, I don't want to put it in, you know, capitalist terms, but everything winds up that way. But like, not only the joy is important for living a good life, but also you do better work. <laughs> you get better results, which is, that sounds terribly mercenary, but I think it's, it's not a bad reminder if you can't tell yourself you deserve joy for its own sake, which we all should. Um, it's also more fun and you also will be able to think better. Yeah, I, I agree so much with what you're saying about the joy factor, both when we were present with, with the people kind of in community together talking about podcasting, but then also just looking back through what we recorded individually, that everyone really feels so passionately and can find a sense of of pleasure and joy in their work. And this, as anime you're suggesting, is not always something we think about in relationship to academic research or scholarship, that we don't always attach joy to it because it is really hard work. But there, there are factors, you know, there are elements of pleasure in the work that we do. And I think it really comes through in these podcasts. So if I were to think of sort of a through line or a keyword for our conversations, I would um, add perhaps connection. Because I think that, yeah, I mean, I feel like through our conversations, like you could see the way that podcasting enables folks to connect these ideas that we pursue, you know, alone in our office or, you know, thinking as we're reading or taking notes in these sort of abstract, disconnected ways. But the podcasting exchange really allows us to connect these ideas with actual human beings. And we had many folks who were were talking about the the rewards of connecting with real people and thinking through, through these concepts and making the scholarship stakes tangible. And I think, so connection, we, we heard it on, um, in Robin's work in the classroom and thinking about how podcasting itself can be a mode for young people to connect with each other, with sites of knowledge, with an audience, people listening to their points of view and give them a sense of power. So that was really very cool. We saw a connection um, in, I think, Hannah's commitment to different possibilities of feminist incarnations and thinking about the lived experience of, of people. But I'm also thinking in a different way about connection, to go back to the sort of friendship element too. When a person is describing their work with so much passion and energy and joy, I mean, it was it's truly moving, right? Because they've dedicated their intellectual and, you know, kind of ethical life to this work. And it's, it's an honor to listen to them. Um, and you feel connected. And I'm hoping that the audience for our little mini series here also can feel connected to their ideas and, and their perspectives. Yeah, I- 
I totally agree. I think one of the things that surprised me about the conversations we had, the the conference, I went in feeling very much like a newbie, like we just started, don't really know what we're doing. And some of the people in the room have been doing podcasting for a very long time, like hundreds of episodes. And despite that, I felt like the generosity and the mentorship, like we received a lot of that from people with really deep experience. But everybody in the room wanted to learn from each other. There wasn't a sense of like, this is the expert and we should all listen. It was definitely a place where we could share our insights. We could think like, how do you solve this problem? Like we solve it this way. What does it look like when somebody solves it a different way? And so that kind of dispersed learning, that dispersed mentorship was really exciting. Connecting to the conversations that we had with some of our interviewees, I'm thinking about like that maker mentality, that that willingness to fail at something and take risks and see how it works. That's so important to the moment that you're recording. Um, really what went beyond recording a podcast to all the conversations that we had. It was a lot of like, let's try it out type of situations. And I thought that was really exciting. Yeah, no, it was it was so much fun. And, and we hope that you will experience some of that fun in these really vibrant conversations. We hope that you will enjoy getting to know these brilliant women as much as we did. And until next time, we'll see you at the children's table. Oh, do we say that? Oh, do we say next time at the children's table? I forget what we say. The children's table is written by Anna May Duane, Kate Capshaw, and Victoria Ford Smith. They are grateful for the assistance of Carly Runo Hyde, who wears many hats editor, producer, and collaborator, and creative genius. Our theme music is by Ken Comier. The podcast enjoys the support of Greenhouse Studios and the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences at the University of Connecticut.